Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coo Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins i am not Derek diamond <laughs> no who are you i am wally phelps <laughs> yes Derek is uh, of course in the middle of a long game streak for the blue wahoos so he will not be here this evening so the official fact checker is here to officially fact check me live during the show for tonight see a misspelled word in the notes yes well (laughs) really (laughs) welcome rampage to the chat room you are in charge of booting people out of there that have already like we had a guy jump into the chat room a minute ago when we first started and uh just he ran in started yelling about being a pedophile and then said get good i'm like not even playing anything what are you talking about get out of here I, I didn't see it, so I think Jason's making it up. <laughs> I am not. You can go back on a Twitch stream and watch it. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. <laughs> so, how we usually do this is we start out by talking about what we've been doing this week. So, what have you been doing this week? Well, I have been recovering from a Fortnite injury. <laughs> <laughs> do tell, please. So, uh... The other so Rampage and myself are an unstoppable team, and this finger, the one that I use to aim, <laughs> went out on me and put me in so much pain I had to go to urgent care. And the doctor says, Do you do something all the time with that one finger? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I am attributing it to uh, Fortnite, and it's funny because I played last night for the first time since, you know, 
uh, since I went to the doctor and it started feeling better. And like, if you watch the stream, you'll hear me go, ow, oh, (laughs) because, you know, I can't. I can't stop myself. I'm sorry. The I don't know like... why this reminds me of Revenge of the Nerds too. <laughs> when he's like, "You're the only guy I know who can break his leg playing chess." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got. We've gotten really big into Fortnite. I've been tracking my progress. I am 50 points away from being an epic gamer mm. in, in the game, which is interesting. That's all just the crunching the numbers. You know, a third party website that tracks that. And I, I've been reading the Batman Fortnite crossover comic book, which is fascinating. It gives you a lot of insight in the actual Fortnite story. And basically, he, Batman shows up on the island, on the Fortnite island, unable to speak, <laughs> unable to remember anything about his past but he has all of his fighting skills. So it's he does a memento because he realizes that every 22 minutes or when he dies, it starts all over. Hmm. So he starts leaving himself messages. And I think I'm going to have to borrow this from you when it's done. It, sir, I, I, I have the online subscription service to DC Comics. <laughs> <laughs> I so I'm just going to come over. I know I need to play. I've been promising I'm going to play, and I will. I promise. I've just been kind of busy, and uh, I, like this last week, uh, Resident Evil Village dropped, and I have yet to play Resident yeah. Evil Seven. So I want to play Village, but I also want to know who this Ethan character is. So I figured I better go back and play Seven which I'm having a pretty good time with it. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the first-person aspect of it. I, I don't feel like Resident Evil... It doesn't feel like Resident Evil to me. It feels like a. It feels like just a horror shooter. You know, like first-person right. shooter. Doesn't really have that Resident Evil feel to it, but, you know, I know they... Trying to do something a little different, you know, like one through three were different... Four through six, you know, one through three were the original kind of tank control games. And then you go from four to six, which were over the shoulder, third person. And of course, these new ones are first person. I'm okay with it, but, you know, I kind of, it doesn't really feel like Resident Evil to me. Right. I understand where you're coming from. I played the tone demo that they were calling it, you know, where they. Uh, released a little chunk that yeah. was, you know, unrelated to the game, really. But with the headphones, with the 3D headphones, and just the... You can see it on Twitch. I think uh, it's still on there. It It is a lot of atmosphere, and I think that's what the biggest yeah. takeaway from it was for me. That and that giant nine-foot-tall goddess <laughs> that just kind of barges in at yeah. the end of the demo. I mean, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, Sevens, I mean, it's really good. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it or anything. I really, I'm really enjoying playing it. It's a great game. But, you know, past couple of months, I've gone through and done a replay of 1, 2, and 3, and it's very, very different from those early games. So. 
Yeah. It's just, you go from those to this and it's kind of like, this doesn't feel like resident evil at all. Right. So uh, another thing, the new Castlevania season dropped this week too. I've watched like the first four episodes. So I don't know if you have watched it Wally, but I love Castlevania. I hadn't started. I'm I've got a huge backlog of TV. I need to watch, but no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, I think they're actually moving into the storyline of uh, Simon's Quest, almost, where everybody's trying to bring Dracula back, and that was kind of his quest in the, you know, Simon's Quest was he was going through trying to get all the different pieces of Dracula so he could put them back together and whip his ass again. that's hardcore right there yeah he's like i beat your ass so hard the first time i'm gonna put you back together bring you back to life and kill you again that's hard that's some hardcore hardcore belmonton right there right that really is (laughs) that sounds like the type of shit that you that that you have to go through because you went astray on a gang or something like that you know the mafia so it's not um, it's not Simon. It's Trevor in in the TV show. The uh, you know the ancestor of Simon. Uh, he's not collecting the pieces, but he's going through like there's all these rituals that he's like leading him back to the original city that you know Dracula uh, declared war on humanity, and he's following all these clues and sacrifices and just. You know, all these people doing these different spells to try to bring Dracula back from the dead. So it's a very good story. I'm liking it so far. I'm really, really enjoying it. You don't like the name Trevor. Trevor Belmont. Like Trevor Belmont sounds like a trust fund baby. Yeah, he does. <laughs> What's like, up, our man? Wait until my father hears about this. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the, actually, I feel like the art style's gotten a little bit different this uh, this season for some reason. I can't really put my finger on it. Things feel a lot smoother this uh, this season. I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe I don't know what's going on with it, but it's great. Maybe hire more in betweeners. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but I'm gonna have, probably have it finished by next week, which might be hard because Pensacon is this weekend. So that's true. Yeah. I, I, have you have you tried watching Invincible uh, at all? No, I don't have Amazon Prime at the moment. <gasps> <laughs> well, I got, I got rid of it because it, my subscription ran out, and I got HBO Max. So, that which is a good service. I yeah. love HBO Max. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, I d- did. I originally got it so I could watch the uh, the Snyder cut. Yeah, I still haven't finished it, <laughs> and That's I probably won't. Hilarious. Honestly. Uh, Invincible is a better use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I watched all of it in two days because of how engrossed I was in the storyline. It's one of the honestly, I couldn't get through the boys, and a lot of people love the boys. Yeah. I know that I'm probably in the minority there, but this had uh basically a lot of the same a lot of the same touch points, so to speak. Yeah. And I think it was just done a lot better. So I don't know. Yeah, I watched the first season of The Boys, and uh, uh, the second season came out right as my subscription uh, ended for Amazon Prime. So, ah, uh, got you. I haven't finished any of those, and uh, so I, I'm, I might have to do something perplexing to uh, watch those other 
Amazon Prime shows. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, th- welcome to the chat room, everybody. Uh, Freddie versus all just joined us as well. Armez Jackson, thank all you guys for hanging out. Got a few more people in there too. Uh, we're about to go into the news. So, are you ready? Anything else you want to talk about before we go into the news for this week? Just one thing. I uh, just wanted to show you this. This <laughs> podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> There's no avoiding him. Why would you do that? Look at him. <laughs> It's the Noid, everybody. He's got a pop figure of the Noid. Yep, and I forgot all about it until I saw him on my shelf the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, I bought that as kind of a tribute to my father, who was a Domino's Pizza Man during the Noid era. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I need to show everybody because look at him. <laughs> no. Uh... I don't. But we can move on. Okay. (laughs) Please, I have nothing to say to that. Let's go into the news. (laughs) This came to us in an email from Axeblade07 on ScreenRant.com. Zelda: Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I think this uh, this is an older article. A few days. It was this was published uh, late April. I think they just announced these today. Uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask coming to the Switch. Um, it's been a rumor that they were coming uh, because uh, Zelda is celebrating its 35th anniversary this year. Um, they are also regarded as some of the franchise's greatest hits. Um, so I think I'd have to look it up, and I'm pretty sure they just uh, uh, released this today. I was seeing on Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure Majora's Mask, but I think I saw Ocarina of Time. I could look that up real quick. Nintendo of America. Let's see. (laughs) Tweets. Let's see. Uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword coming out. Um, Let's see. Skyward Sword HD. Lots of stuff about Skyward Sword today. Um, No, there's a new uh, Zelda and Loftwing Amiibo that just launched alongside Skyward Sword. Uh, maybe that's what I was seeing was uh, Skyward Sword. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it looks like um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are coming to the Switch. And if that happens, I may have to play them. Uh, I've played Ocarina of Time. I actually have it for the uh, Nintendo 64. I never finished it. Uh, I would love to play it with you know updated graphics and all that kind of stuff. And Derek loves Majora's Mask, so I may have to give that one a try, too. That one sounds like a very dark uh, episode yeah. in the, the Zelda series. Yeah, I you know me. I don't like the Zelda game, so I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you have a annoyed no, uh, Funko Pop. Sir, we may have to have an intervention <laughs> ab- about your Funko Pop That's obsession. True. He says as he pulls. Oh yeah, the purple butt what are you plug. Talking about huh? <laughs> the the purple, that's why I pulled that up. Good no, lord, no, man! It's perfectly fine. This is this is fine. You you have a, you have a problem, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next story's yours. <laughs> you got it. Or did you freeze? 
I think Wally froze. Ah, no, he's back. I did freeze. I did freeze. Uh, hold on a second. Let me let me plug my computer directly into the internet. Oh, okay. Hardwired in, you say? Okay. Yes, hardwired in now. Yes, Wait. okay. Whew! Are we doing the next... Am I doing the next one now? Yes, this is, a, this is an email from Armez Jackson. Okay, so in, this one says, Bandai Namco just registered trademarks for the GameCube exclusive series Batten Kaitos. Uh, now, before Monolith Soft was developing the epic JRPG Xenoblade Chronicles, it was working with Tri-Crescendo on Batten Kaitos. Since the GameCube era, which saw the releases of some of those games... There's been no sign of a return apart from the canceled Nintendo DS project. So, will fans ever see a series make a combat comeback in any form? Well, there's no concrete evidence yet. But Bandai Nam- Namco has recently registered two trademarks in Europe for both of the GameCube exclusives. This includes Origins and the Eternal Wings of the Lost Ocean. While trademarks don't always necessarily mean certain games will make a return, there have been similar situations in the past that have led to announcements or more trademark negotiation. I don't remember so, these games at all. I don't either, and this came from Nintendo uh, Life, but that is a new one altogether. Yeah, the... <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's my work phone. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Let me turn that off. It's uh, professional podcasting here. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not used to podcasting anymore, okay? Yeah. Um, turn this thing, thing actually, off. Actually, <laughs> the, the cover for this uh, Batten Kai Toast Origins looks very familiar. I know I've seen that before. but Right, I, that's I, an image I've seen, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember these games at all. I don't either. I was it, never it's... big on JRPGs back in the day. Still not I tried, really, but... um, you know, it, it's one of those genres that never really captured my interest. Um, aside from the Final Fantasy Tactics series, but that doesn't count because yeah. <laughs> that's a tactics game. That's not a that's not a Final Fantasy three X two plus yeah. server X versus server. Yes, I know Rampage. We are very professional here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this you should one... see my Twitch streams. <laughs> this story, uh, actually, Derek gave us this one. This one, we can credit this to Mr. Derek Diamond uh, from NintendoLife.com. Uh, say hello to the Wii Spee Portable, S-P-I-I, a GBA-sized console. The Wii is a much-loved console was actually rather cute and dinky back in the day when compared to the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Uh, mm-hmm. Current-day modders and hackers often look for new ways to play the system. Um, let's see. The market is shrink- shrinking the console down to Game Boy size and clo- isn't closed yet. With Stoned Edge squeezing a Wii into a Game Boy Advanced SP case. It's a relatively tight fit, but it's smartly done. Controls inside the case... Consists of a mix of custom buttons and Joy-Con sticks, which will be ideal for drifting in Mario Kart Wii. A neat touch is that it even has analog triggers, taking us back to the GameCube era. Uh, and they have a little picture of it here uh, and a little uh, YouTube video if you'd like to go visit the the 
uh, NintendoLife.com site. Take you straight to the uh, the YouTube video. Looks kind of cool to me, but seems like a lot of work. Yeah, it really does. I mean, the last time someone squeezed a Wii in my GBA, uh, <laughs> I was without a GBA, and I never forgiven my brother for this. Yeah. And but at least this was adorable, and it is something that looks like I would be. But how do you play the Wii? There's, there's no, I don't know. I don't know. What is the usefulness of this? <laughs> Just because you can, <laughs> I, I guess. Okay. okay. Well, what I mean, I'm I... wondering is, I mean, if it's Wii games, how do you play them without the motion controls? That's what I'm saying. What is, how do you... Aren't you going to throw that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you're just playing some of the games that, you know, don't require motion controls, but that's what, like, how many games did the we have? You know, a couple of hundred games, and there's maybe, like, five that don't use motion control. And not even just that. It, none of the games that are worth having don't use the motion control. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the usefulness of this is unless it's just intended to be just a small Wii yeah. that you put inside of your console, I guess, to save space. But the Wii is small already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's the size of a car stereo. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. Like It's already tiny as it is. Who knows? People do these things just because. Too much time. Hey, we're in a pan. We were in a pandemic. Too much time on their hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would like to announce my Atari Jaguar that I have fit inside of this coffee mug. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you could do it, uh, you'd get a lot of hits on YouTube. I guarantee you. You know what? You're right. I have. I put an entire. I put an entire Atari Jaguar inside of this Noid Funko Pop. <laughs> Two uh, awful things together, <laughs> making an even super awful thing. Yeah, I still wouldn't want to play it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it runs Doom 64. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Uh, but, uh, so the next uh, piece of news here from Kotaku. 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 I, I, I never, I never can pronounce that correctly. LucasArts classic Zombies Ate My Neighbors returns to consoles and PC next month, which is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Because the dead never rest, Lucasfilm Games and developer Demet... Dotemu? Dotemu? Dormammu? Dormammu, yeah. I've come to Martin. Have teamed up with enhanced versions of 1993 16-bit classic Zombies Ate My Neighbors and its less beloved sequel to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on June 29th. These new versions of Zombies Ate My Neighbors and the 1995 follow-up Ghoul Patrol take the two tales of Zeke and Julie saving their town from evil creatures, tacks on a modern save system, and bundles them together with museum features, including game developer interviews, art collections, and a soundtrack browser. What is that? Oh, okay. I guess, okay. For a second there, I'm like, is it like a web browser for the soundtrack alone? (laughs) And then I came to my senses. All that plus trophies, achievements, and the ability to play local co-op just like the originals. That's interesting that it mentions local co-op 
and not mm. online co-op. Well, it says the ability to play local co-op, so I'm guessing they're going to have online co-op. Yeah. I hope. Um, it's going to be $14.99. Limited Run Games will also be offering a physical version of the games for select modern and legacy platforms. So, Limited Run Games for the win again. I'm excited for this because Zombies Ate My Neighbors is still to this day one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. I mean, it's up in the top top 10 Super Nintendo games for me. I love Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I never got to play Ghoul Patrol, so the fact that the, both of these are going to be available and they're going to be enhanced, like that's very cool to me. I'm going to yeah. be purchasing these. I might purchase them. <laughs> And I would love to have a physical version of the games too. So, especially yeah. if they do a original Super Nintendo version of it, I would love to pick that up. I mean, that would look really neat on my shelf. Yeah, it would. Uh, and for our last story, who did this come from? This no, this this one's from me. Uh, this is also from Nintendo Life. Got a lot of Nintendo Life stories this month. Uh, uh, that this week. Nintendo expands its Switch Online, SNES, and NES service with five more titles. Uh, let's see. On the NES front, they have Caveman Ninja, uh, otherwise known as Joe and Mac. I like that game. Um, let's see. It was a Data East title. Uh, uh, Magical Drop 2. Never heard of it. Previously Japan only. And they're joined by Spanky's Quest. Okay. And... Let's see, Super Baseball Simulator 1000. No, thank you. Uh, sole NES offering this month is Jalico's 1985 title, Ninja Jajamaru-kun. Um, and that's it. I don't know that one at all. And online, fans are livid that Earthbound is not on this list. Yes, I know. And I... I mean, this is an okay Super Nintendo um, lineup for this month. I mean, Joe and Mac is good. I remember <laughs> Spanky's Quest. I never played it. The other two, I've never even heard of. Uh, well, I yeah, mean, I've heard of Super Baseball Simulator, but... Oh, yeah, but... Eh, I don't really play sports games, so that one has no um, value no to me what, whatsoever. Or dead to me. <laughs> um, I, I just, it just seems weird that they haven't released Earthbound at this point because they know how popular that game was, still is, and yet they won't release it. And it's a Nintendo property. It's not like they have to. It's not like they have to. You know, like li license it. It's a Nintendo property. A hundred percent. I don't understand how you get to a hundred titles available with glaring emissions like that. Yeah. But, you know, here we got Baseball Simulator 1.0. I can guarantee you this. Baseball. There's going to be like 10 people that play that game. If that. I'm going to play it just to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be the 11th person. <laughs> I haven't turned on my Switch in a month. <laughs> but Joe and Mac is a solid title. If it no, if nobody's ever played that, it's actually a very reminiscent of the game I'm going to be reviewing tonight, um, which I was going to make comparisons to because I remember Joe and Mac was actually the I think one of the first games I rented 
for the Super Nintendo back in the day. And in I like I like that case. game. What's that? <laughs> in that little clamshell box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sound. I would love to hear that sound again. Absolutely. But yeah, the, I'll play some of these other games just to see what they're about. Uh, Magical Drop 2 uh, kind of sounds like a pretty enjoyable, uh, almost like a Bejeweled or maybe like a type of game. So it might be pretty fun. Spanky's Quest, I'll try it, uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable playing Spanky's Quest. <laughs> no, get good. <laughs> but that's going to do it for the news this week. And now we're moving into this month in video game history. <laughs> In May of 1985, Namco releases Metro Cross. Uh, I remember me and uh, Derek talking about this last year because that the game art looks pretty weird, but very 80s. And I would I don't know why I'm I want to have a poster of that. That is a ver- you know what I don't know I don't know why you would want a poster of that. I don't know. It's so 80s. It just makes me want it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, in 1989, Sega releases Golden Axe, the first game, believe it or not, in the Golden Axe series. You don't say. <laughs> that's, like, that's like saying the was... first Golden Axe game in the Golden Axe series. Who was your go-to uh, in Golden Axe? Did you ever play it a lot in the arcade? I didn't, no. I, I don't even remember. Because it was one of those games where it just kind of languished on the shelf, so to speak, to me. Yeah. Uh, because I had other things to do. So I didn't really have a go-to. Yeah, I, I, never, just... I never played it on any of the consoles. I always played it in the arcade. And uh, the dwarf was... Uh, dwarves are always my go-to in fantasy games. If there's a dwarf well, character, I'm playing him. Well, that sounds like who you need to roll for uh, Dandy. Yeah, well, I always played dwarves in uh, World of Warcraft. So. Oh, I mean, we'll have to talk later. Right. <laughs> uh, May 11th through the 13th of 1995, the first annual Electronic Entertainment Expo E3 is held in Los Angeles, California. And now it's a, it's pretty much irrelevant. Basically, you know, before that, they used to just do CES yeah. uh, in Las Vegas. So I don't even know why they started doing the E3. I'll have to read up on that. Well, back then it was it was uh, you know all the different technology companies would get together. You know, Sony, Nintendo, and it was it was this was back before the internet was a huge was a thing really, and that was the way everybody got to learn about all the new stuff. And now nobody needs that anymore because they could just make a Twitter post about what's or, coming out. Well, there's Nintendo Direct, there's PlayStation State of Play, yeah. Xbox is really the only one that uses that platform to make big announcements uh, yeah. at this time. So it's, but, you know, they still did the same thing in CES, though. That's what I meant by that. Is, yeah. You know, I guess it's so they would have the spotlight because, you know, LG is going to be announcing its flat screen 700 inch television 
that allows you to walk into your favorite show. So they don't want that to be <laughs> what overshadows the PlayStation 9. Well, so, I, I think it was more E3 was more on the entertainment side as far as like video games and things of that nature. And with CES, it's more like consumer products. Well, yeah, and that's why they were a part of it for so long is because they are, in fact, consumer products. Yeah. You know, Because nobody wants uh, to see about the new Whirlpool dishwasher that with the LED screen at, you know, and entertainment. Dishwasher have LED screens now? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> How else am I going to wash the office when I'm washing ditches? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can just put them on in, in the washing machine and then just go watch it on your TV. Bollocks. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one's all yours. Oh, May 10th, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe is released for the Game Boy Color in Japan. Yes. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe was a beautiful package, and I didn't have a Game Boy uh, for many, many years, but a lot of people really uh, purchased this thing, so I I didn't. I had an original Game Boy, but the only game I had for it was Link's Awakening. And then my mom started playing it more than I did, so it pretty much became (laughs) hers. That's pretty funny. That's kind of like what, that's what happened to my Nintendo. I had a a Nintendo, and it was Dr. Mario. My grandma played it more than I did. Yeah. And so I never had my Nintendo, so finally she bought herself Nintendo so I could play my games it was pretty funny yeah I remember when Super Mario Brothers 2 came out my mom did not like video games at all till Super Mario Brothers 2 came out and she became addicted to that game and I had to fight her for the NES so I could play <laughs> Mortal Kombat <laughs> you know what's really funny is that you know just just me thinking about it is that uh, my, my little girl she plays Fortnite a whole lot, but now I play, her mom plays, <laughs> her her stepdad plays. It's it's become to a point where she doesn't find it as fun anymore because we're all around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the it thing to do once the parents are into it. Right. Hey, do you want to be in squads today? No, I think I'll sit here and play Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's why if I had kids... And once it, it got to like 13 years old, it'd be like, all right, let's stay around the house today and drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes all day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't some- worry. I've preloaded all the porn sites on your phone. <laughs> you want some crack? <laughs> uh, maybe. Oh, not. what's this? <laughs> Is this the weed I'm giving you for your birthday? <laughs> Uh, it's probably a good reason I don't have kids. <laughs> the tooth fairy left this whole bag of weed. <laughs> that's not that's not a bag of teeth. That's cocaine rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should probably move on from that. <laughs> uh, before I go into the review for tonight, uh, Derek normally does the shout outs, but tonight I'm going to do it. And I want to give a shout out to all of our Patreons. Our- patrons or patrons whatever you however you want to say it Uh, those people 
Armez Jackson, Axeblade 07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, uh, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, Jason May, and our newest patron, Matthew Salmon. Uh, and, of course, all the new patrons, if you could send us your social media info, either on Twitter, Facebook, email, or on Patreon, and we will give you your proper social media shout-outs. So thank you guys for keeping us above that $50 level so we can do the uh, the commentary tracks that we do every month. This last month we did uh, Brain Scan, which was one of my favorite commentaries that we've done. And I don't know how Wally felt about it. I had a good time. Oh, I had, I had a blast watching that movie because it was not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> And and it wasn't a good movie, and I'm glad it wasn't because it made it fun to watch. It was fun bad. Yeah, that's what I was it, gonna say. It's a good bad. It's not right. It's like Little Monsters if it was a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we like doing those every month. And if you get <laughs> us to a hundred dollars a month, our next stretch goal: a hundred dollars a month we will start doing those commentary tracks in the Discord so you can listen to us while we do it. So if you'd like to be a part of that, <laughs> uh, just please head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and throw us as little as a dollar a month. It's back to the 80s like never before. Things aren't all rainbows and shortcakes at the corner of Elm and E Streets. Molly Slater just wants to forget everything she can't remember and play heavy metal with her best friend in the garage. And maybe get a date for prom, if he's not a total skis. But someone in this burb has been killing redheads, and Molly has the reddest hair of them all. When a night of babysitting gone wrong gets her in the crosshairs of the local gang scene, fabulous secrets are revealed to her. The hunted becomes the hunter as she prowls the darkness that has crept into her sleepy town but a far more sinister force, something from another world, has other plans in store for her. Jukebox Hero by Jason Stewart will be available on Kindle and paperback wherever books are sold on April 30th. And on that note, let's move into our review for this evening. Forming video game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, developed by Titus Interactive and published by Kimco in Japan in 1995 as P-Man and the Titus France elsewhere in 1996. It is a sequel to Prehistoric 2, featuring similar graphics but a richer and different story and additional non-player characters, which among other things provide hints and a tutorial. It was later released for the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo DSi, uh, as a DSiWare re-release, with the latter being released in North America on February 15th, 2010. Um, the plot, like its predecessor, Prehistoric Man takes place in the Stone Age. In the middle of the night, greedy dinosaurs steal all the food from a small village. 
With winter coming and the village inhabitants facing starvation, the village chief summons Sam, a young and agile villager, tasks him with obtaining food to help the village survive the impending winter. Um, I'd never heard of this game until it was dropped on the Nintendo Switch Super Nintendo uh, shop, or whatever you call it, like a month or two ago, or a couple of months ago. And I figured, you know, I'll give it a shot, just see what it's all about. Because like I said earlier, I enjoyed Joe and Mac, and this kind of, I was thinking maybe, is this like Joe and kind of a Joe and Mac ripoff, or what is this about? So I started playing it, and I was kind of surprised at how well this game plays. It plays and looks so good. And I was like, what year did this come out? It, of course, it was uh, it was released in Japan in 95 and uh, North America in 96. So it was kind of late in the Super Nintendo's lifespan. But yeah. you know how the, like, the later you get in lifespan of a console, the better the games look. So this game plays well, like, and the uh, the graphics itself looks like something that was released almost like an indie game released today. Uh, like, you know, I've played a lot of games like Goblin Sword and and things of that nature. This yeah. reminds me a lot of those games. Like, those games have a, a lineage back to this because this game is very good, and I wasn't expecting that, and I ended up playing a lot of it uh, a couple weeks ago. I never finished it, but I got pretty far in it. Um, it's got some really cool level designs, like, uh, you know, like it, it says, you're going through the levels, you're looking for food, uh, and it's not very linear, like, it's not just go, uh, you know, from one end of the, the stage to the other, there's a lot of, uh, caves to go through, where you go to a, like, a different part of the level, you can go either left or right, um, depending on which way you go, you can find secrets, you can find different, um, you know, animals to fight and get like, you know, a big, huge steak (laughs) from killing him, like that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of humor to the game. Uh, There's cool parts of the game where you like hang glide across the entire level. And you don't just, you can't just go straight across. There's like, there's different ways you got to go and different things you have to do to get through the level and get all the food that you can get because if you don't collect all the food in the level, you get made fun of by the village elder. He's like, "You suck. <laughs> like, go do it. Go get us more food because we're gonna starve." And that's pretty much the gist of the game: is just going through, trying to find all the ho- all the food in the levels, and bringing it back to the village so that your village can survive the winter. The art style, just based on the inf- the photos that I'm finding here, is very well done in a way that does... I can see what you're saying as far as it looking like a modern take on a retro game. Yeah. Because it does look like somebody trying to emulate... Yes. I don't know if that's a good way to, to describe it or not, but it, no, that's I mean, it looks perfect. great. No, it's a perfect way to describe it. It looks like, you know, uh, someone today making a game that they want it to look retro. Right. That's what it feels like. It feels like a modern game that's trying to be retro. Now, he has sunglasses on in the box art. Yes. Is is he wearing sunglasses in the game? Uh, yes, I think so. 
Well, this is totally inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> I am no longer interested. <laughs> it's a fun game to play. I mean, if if, <laughs> if you have a Switch and you, you know you have the Super Nintendo online, you know, it, do yourself a favor and actually give it a try because it gave me a, a very um, Donkey Kong Country vibe as well. Uh, like the way you go through the levels, like like I said, it's not. It's not linear. Like Donkey Kong Country is very linear, but there is different paths you can take through the level. Um, right. This one's a little bit different, like where you can go through caves and come out on a different part of the level. And like I said, you go left or right. Um, you, you have boss fights at the end of the level. So you're trying to get all the stuff and you get hints throughout like where you're supposed to go. Like they'll say, you know, take a left at the top of the mountain uh, to find the giant cat or whatever that you need to kill who stole all of our ice cream or whatever. So you have to go and kill him, but but you can also explore throughout the level and find all kind of like hidden things throughout the level, like uh, different foods and stuff that you can, uh, you can pick up. And of course at the end of the level, you get back to the, the, uh, the village elder or whatever. And, all the food you collected drops into this bowl and either he says, you know, you did good or basically tells you, you suck, go do it again. <laughs> and so, we need more food. yeah, we need more food and it's a fun game. I mean, there's not really much more to it other than that. It's just a fun platformer and being so late in the life of the super Nintendo, it was kind of perfected by then, you know, that super Nintendo level of platforming. So right. if, if that's your cup of tea, this is a good game. It, it's not bad at all. I haven't found, I mean, there's a, the only complaint I have with it is he feels a little heavy. Like when you're trying to jump and do some of the platforming, it feels a little wonky sometimes when you're trying to like l precisely land somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You're not good at the game. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> it, it feels like the physics of the game. Like he feels a little heavy when he's trying to to make those right. precise jumps. So that's really right. he's got like a stomach full of lead. Yeah, and that's yeah. my only complaint about the game. Other than that, I love it, and I, I spent a lot of time playing it. Like I said, I haven't finished it yet, but I, I will eventually. I, and there's a lot of levels to this game. I think. Uh, 23 total levels. Oh, good game. lord. Yeah, and you... Uh, collect a Super Nintendo game? And one thing I like about the game is that it, there, it potentially has unlimited continues because when you defeat an enemy, they drop bones, and you collect bones. And you can either... There are different shops you can go to throughout the game to buy certain things. And you can use bones to buy those things. Also, when right. you die, you spend bones to re respawn. So, um, as long as you have you kill stuff, I mean, you could potentially just you know have as many continues as you like to get through to the end of the game. And I think Wally froze again. Nope, he's back. No, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm reading the Wikipedia page. But yeah, you can, there there's no uh, there's no limit to the con the continues you can have throughout this game. That's interesting. I I, I really think that 
it's it is uh, honestly you've made me want to go and pick it up uh because i do have the switch online account so i don't have to pay for it which is always a plus in my book and it looks gorgeous and the only uh problem i have with it is the uh historical inaccuracy (laughs) and the fact that Apparently, Prehistoric 2 came out before this one? Yeah, and that's weird. I'm just now <laughs> reading this, and I'm like, I didn't even know that this was a sequel. It's, what? Huh? <laughs> so the, the original is called Prehistoric first. 2, So, but there was no Prehistoric 1? Well, I guess this makes sense, considering that this is prehistoric. Oh, this is, yeah, there was a Prehistoric. There's prehistoric two, and then there's prehistoric man, which is part three. But I guess the we all know it goes one, two, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rampage Uh, says he's playing it right now, and jumping feels a little, and jumping is odd. Yeah, it takes a little getting used to the jumping. It does feel a little wonky when you're getting used to it. But like I said, if if you enjoy games like uh, like Donkey Kong Country, things like that, Joe and Mac. It's a good game, and I I highly recommend it. I would give it, I'm gonna I would give it a solid seven. You know, it's a good, it's a really good, good seven. Yeah, I mean, it's not as good as Super Mario Brothers Man, but it is <laughs> a really good platformer. Yeah, I need to get back. I'm gonna go run through uh, Resident Evil Man again. Oh. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I very much recommend it. I I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I liked the game. I'm excited to actually try it out. I'm not going to do it immediately because you know I'm going to be on Fortnite <laughs> trying oh. to trying to unlock my skins. But once I am done with that, I want to sit down with Prehistoric Man and see what happens. Uh, that and I've got to heal this before I do anything. Well, uh, Freddie just said he's been turning streamers into gremlins recently. What have you been feeding them after midnight? Like what? <laughs> what does that mean? I, I don't know. I, I don't know I, the reference. Either. I thought he was talking about uh, people streaming gremlins, uh, which I actually thought about doing because I would like to actually. Uh, uh, I, I want to review Gremlins Two for the the NES because. From what I hear, it's a very good game. That is a deeply masochistic thing for you to do, considering... Well, here's the thing. I actually like Gremlins 2. I hate the first one. What? The second one makes me laugh. Okay. Let me unpack this. The first one is terrible. (laughs) I hate that movie. They're both really good movies. There's something about the first one. I will admit... The second one I do enjoy more than the first. Because it's got heart to it. It's not mean-spirited like the first one is. I don't know if the first one is mean-spirited. It is. It's terrible. And it was marketed as a children's movie. You can go to hell, Steven Spielberg. You go straight to hell and you die. You know, I was four when I saw that film. (laughs) And I didn't have nearly the... (laughs) I was seven. The traumatization that you did. I slept with, I have told this before on the show, I slept with the lights on until I was 13 years old because of that movie. 
Wow. Then, not to get too far off of topic, have you seen Mitchell's versus the Machines? No, I want to though. It looks very good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it then. Uh, well, you know what? It'd be spoiling it for everybody. But when they get to the mall, they face a threat that I think is hilarious, and I can't wait for you to see it. Fantastic! I'll let you know as soon as I watch it. Yes, and wh- and you will be watching it with the captions, right? Yes. Because people who don't watch it with the captions don't get all of the jokes. Okay. I didn't know that until I watched it with my little girl, and I asked her, do you get these jokes? Like, <laughs> do you know what they're saying here? And she's like, no. You mean I got more jokes than you did? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny, because she was watching it on her profile oh, yeah. as opposed to mine, which has captions on uh, Freddy versus All said he's been doing art pieces of streamers as Mogwais. Oh. <clears throat> Which, please don't turn me into a Mogwai. I will have nightmares. No, <laughs> I'll have nightmares for months. <laughs> no, don't do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Uh, I have a couple of things here for everybody to know that this weekend is, of course, Pensacon. Uh, me and Derek and Mr. Wallace Phelps will be uh, Saturday, May 22nd at 10 a.m. at Voices of Pensacola. We will be doing Nerd Cave Retro Live. So come by uh, and see us there. We'll also be doing Defending Ma- Defending Bad Movies 3D. This time it's personal. At of course, these are all at Voices of Pensacola, um, and of course you can get the Pensacola Pensacon app on the App Store, and that will have an entire schedule of everything. It's a very good app to use if you're going to Pensacon. Uh, we're doing that, defending bad movies 3D on Sunday, May 23rd at 10 a.m. I will be doing in defense of the Star Wars Holiday Special uh, with our mutual friend Michael Dixon. Uh, Saturday, May 22nd at 12.30 p.m. And, of course, I'll be doing the Fantastic People podcast, uh, of course, Saturday, May 22nd at 4.30 p.m. All of these, like I said, at Voices of Pensacola. Dixon just loves those controversial topics. Yes, he does. That was actually, we did the... We did that. I think we did that last year in defense of the Star Wars Holiday Special. It was one of the most attended uh, <laughs> um, panels of the con. It, it was <laughs> crazy in there. I, you know, he wanted me to do something Friday with him, but I couldn't get the day off. Yeah, same here. Yeah. It was, it, I think the he wanted us to do one. I think it was like six thirty Friday evening, but I'm like, we're not even going to be in town till like seven, so. I don't get off of work until 5.30. <laughs> yeah, same as I get off at 4. Do you have a teleporter I don't know about? <laughs> no. So that's going to do it for this week. Um, anything you would like to throw out there for all the good people, Mr. Phelps? Uh, just go to uh, facebook.com slash Wally is funny for all my comedy stuff. Uh, I have gone back on stage, and I'm going to continue doing that uh, for as long as they'll have me. Uh, I am also at the Real Big Wall on both Twitter and Twitch. So if you want to watch me and Rampage uh, fight the masses on Fortnite, 
uh, that is where you go. I stream directly from my PlayStation, so I'm not going to be as whatever (laughs) as a lot of people are. But uh, but it's a lot of fun to listen to us curse at each other, so it's it's wonderful. Yeah, go follow him over at Twitch. Needs all the followers over there. So twitch.tv slash the real big wall. And for us, we're going to go ahead and... Um, oh, yeah. I uh, talked to comedian Sean Patton on Open Micers this week. So uh, it'll be out Friday morning. Or if you want to be a patron of the Open Micers podcast, you can do that and get it early. Uh, we talked to comedian Sean Patton this week. It was awesome. Last week, we talked to uh, comic book colorist and uh, producer, editor, uh, Renee Witterstater. She's going to be at Pensacon this year. Uh, and, of course, this show, if you missed last week's episode, if this is your first episode of Nerd Cave Retro, last week, Derek talked to the voice of Bowser himself. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't listened to it already. It was a great Which reminds episode. me, we have to tell everybody about McGuire's. Yes, we will. If you're going to be in Pensacon... <laughs> This year, we are going to meet up and eat at uh, McGuire's at 7 p.m. Saturday evening. So if you want to meet up, just uh, meet us over there. Of course, join the Discord, and you can uh, keep in touch with us uh, during the entire Pensacon uh, goings-on. Just go to our Twitter, at NerdCaveRetro. Up at the very top, there is a link to our Discord Jump in there. We have a wonderful community of people. We talk to each other all day long. We share memes and music and everything else under the sun. And it's much nicer than Twitter and Facebook where people are mean and surly. So if you want to be a part of a nice community, come on over and join us. So, Mr. Phelps. Why I'm not in the community. Anything else you want to say before we leave tonight? Live long and smoke meats. All right. Well, let's get out of here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. Of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And individually at jfunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond, and at the real big wall. Go buy some merch. We got some really cool t-shirts and stuff over at ncrmerch.com. Of course, our Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, where if you keep us above that $50 level, we do the extra episodes every month where we commentate cool movies from the past. And if you can't do that, at least go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. And I know Derek's not here, but I'll just say in his place, uh, the way of the hero leads to the Triforce. Chucker, eh?